When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, I'm John. And I'm Joseph from Dirty Honey. And you're listening to Jay Scott on the Hook Rocks podcast. Good evening, everybody. What's going on? It is Jay Scott. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying safe and staying healthy. Hope you're listening to music. Hope you're escaping into the realms of a good rock tune or a good rock album. There is light at the end of the tunnel. It is the beginning of spring. It is all good. It is positive. Hopefully it stays that way. Time will tell. But hopefully at some point here in the not-so-distant future... There will be rock shows to go to, rock concerts to enjoy, just like the old days. So, like to get to it, like to keep offering you an escape from reality, from that reality that's out there, and talking rock music, rock music commentary here on the Hook Rocks, part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Like to welcome in a return guest who's appeared on the show two times before to discuss her music, and she's back again to talk about more new music, and she's brought. Along some friends that are in her band, I'd like to welcome in Abby K, Crispy, and Diego. Hey. What's going on? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? We're great. Yeah. What? Uh, what? Where, where are you guys at? I want you to tell everybody where you're at and kind of what you're doing right now. So right now we're actually in the car. Um, we're in Nashville. On the way to the studio with Troy Laqueta from Tesla. Uh, I'm actually from Charlotte. Crispy's from New Jersey, and Diego's from California. But we all met in Nashville this week, and we've been getting a ton of things done. That's awesome. That's awesome. Troy Laqueta from Tesla, the drummer. Um, 
has been helping you out with the new music, from what I understand. And how's all that going? Yeah. It's going great. So we came to Nashville with the hopes of getting three songs done. At first, we were like, that's a lot to do in this week because we also had a photo shoot and we've had lots of interviews. But today's the last day we're in the studio and we're pretty much done with the song. So I say it's going pretty good. Um, it's been a blast working with Troy. And we've also had Brian Gamboa from Mick Mars' new solo record in there. And a few days ago, Paul from Winger stopped by. That's Paul Taylor. For those that don't understand or are not familiar with the band Winger, he's also played with Steve Perry and a lot of other artists too as well. Yeah. So these three songs, last time we spoke, you were about to release your EP that came out here in the fall, and that was live from the Playroom, and it was a selection of covers, some great cover songs that appeared on the EP, and now you're working on original material. Is this for another EP? Is this for a full-length album? So, in the past, I've always released singles for originals. I've done four or five singles, and then I did the EP of the four cover songs. So I decided this time in 2021, uh, I'm newly 18. Uh, I've just had these guys join my band, and I'm kind of starting over fresh. And we're working our way up to our first album. So our plan is in April, uh, we're going to release a song, and that's hopefully going to be the title track of our album. And we're going to continue releasing a few more songs from the album as singles, which is what we're doing here in Nashville. We're recording those. And then hopefully in the next 8 to 12 months, we'll have our first album out. That's awesome. So how did all these songs come together? So in the past, I've always been 100% the songwriter. I write everything myself. And that's actually something kind of interesting. It's kind of difficult for me to get used to like co-writing because I've never done that before. But it's a really cool process that now... There's a song we're recording here that Crispy really helped me out with in writing. And then now we're also starting to introduce Diego into the writing process. And it's actually kind of cool how, like, everyone's ideas can come together now. And it's not just all me. And I definitely think my sound has gotten heavier, which you'll notice in a few months when this comes out. Um, It's definitely getting heavier. And I honestly... I'm a lot happier with the results of the song. How has that experience been for all of you guys in terms of collaborating? You know, you mentioned that a lot of the music prior to these songs that you're recording were pretty much by you. And now you're integrating Diego and Crispy into this. How, you know, how has that experience been? Uh, well, this is Crispy right here. And I just, uh, it's been super fun working with Abby. She's a really talented songwriter, and we have very different writing styles, so it's cool to see those come together. She tends to write more of, like, she's more of the, in the camp of write a song and then rock it up from there. I'm more from the old school write a riff and then write a song around that kind of camp, so those really kind of mesh together. I write a riff, and she's like, oh, I like that. Let's work on that, and it's really fun. All right, dude. And uh, my grip, it's also been a lot of fun. Uh, for me, it's been fun because it's completely different than what I'm used to. 
because um, usually, you know, the past has always been you're writing in person with people you already know, you know. But here we're we're all from all over the country, so we're all like basically writing by email. So we'll come up with a bunch of parts, we'll send them out, we'll like, yay or nay them, and we'll just put it together. And you know, it's cool that you know coming over from across the country. Yeah. That's a unique experience, right? Because a lot of times you're in the room together when you're writing music. And a lot of bands, a lot of musicians, a lot of artists have had to adjust and adapt to the current times, which not only doesn't allow for people to gather, people to travel to see one another on a regular basis, or, you know, record music via Zoom, via online, and not actually be in the same room, but just collaborate differently. Has that been a challenge for you guys? So I think at first um, it was a little bit difficult, but honestly, because of the pandemic, everybody knows how to use Zoom and knows how to do things virtually. So I think we've been able to adapt to it really well. And actually for Pay Attention, the first single that we're releasing, uh, we use Pat Gerasia, who's played on a lot of my other music on drums. And He's up in New York, and we just got on Zoom, and he had this really cool thing. I don't remember what it was called, but he didn't use the Zoom audio. He was able to run the sound that he was actually recording through it, so we heard everything that he was playing, and not just, like, the, the Zoom audio. I don't remember what it was called. Do you? I don't remember what it was called. Yeah, but I think that's, that's the one, like, good thing that's come from the pandemic. Everyone has learned to adapt. And I feel like technology is really increased in that way for musicians. Yeah, it's a very positive thing that has come out of the pandemic. The ability to not wait until you're in a room together, where you have the ability to collaborate, where you're almost in the room to, to uh, with each other, but just not physically. And, you know, I imagine there's yeah. some challenges to overcome with that. Um, I've also heard where people especially out in the UK were recording albums and they had to do like shifts. Like someone had to come in and do their part and then leave and another person had to come in and do their part. So that was a very unique discussion that I had too as well. And creating music, especially during the past year or so is really, you know, you, you still have to keep creating it. So how do you keep doing it? And it may become more accessible as a result of this. It may be easier to do this and not have to wait for certain points of time for people to get together and collaborate. My thing is if we can get these songs sounding as good as they sound now, when we've written them over zoom, I just can't even imagine what we're going to sound like when we write something together in the same room. And that's something that I've really been looking forward to. Well, how has that been? Because now you are in the same room and now you're you're seeing what has happened as a result of your writing and you know writing in different places but being on zoom calls and doing all that now you're in the room recording the music together how has that evolved and developed and and and, and do you guys feel a connection a synergy with each other that maybe was lacking in you know the writing process so we actually wrote these three songs apart over Zoom. And when we got here in Nashville, now we're on the fourth day in the studio last day, uh, they are completely different songs than we, when we wrote them. Uh, they've really transformed into like, there's one song, uh, it's called Dog Juno Bullet, I swear. And 
it it went from like this all ended. I would say kind of like a, a pop, kind of softer rock song, into now it's just this driving hard rock song. Yeah, it was going into the studio. It was actually my least favorite of the three that we were doing, and now it's definitely probably my favorite. And what was able to change that? How did that evolve? So I think it's just being in the studio together. When when you're over Zoom, it's so much more difficult to like play together. We can't play together. We can't see how the parts work at the same time. Um, so then we have to open up Pro Tools and record it and then email it, put it all together. And it's just such a long process that now that we can just play it together, I think that's just made a huge difference. And also having Troy, having Jeff who produces uh, Kenny Chesney, we just, we've surrounded ourselves with the best and their ideas are coming out and I mean, it's just incredible what we've created. Also, you have a chance, you know, to be a little bit, I don't want to say you're guarded on a Zoom call, you know, but it's it's easy, it's a lot difficult to kind of converse over a Zoom call or, you know, whether it's yeah. StreamYard just because you don't want to interrupt anybody. You know, you're trying to hear the other person talk. But when you're in the room, you know, you can start, you know, just kind of playing around with the guitar, playing around with your vocals and, and melodies and all that kind of stuff. And you're kind of more relaxed in that type of environment. Yeah, I'll just, you know, that's definitely been the experience. Like um, yesterday, we were working on just like writing guitar parts. We had a lot of the rhythm stuff already tracked, but we were just coming up with guitar parts. And it was just so much fun. You know, everyone was chiming in with ideas, and we were all just kind of, we were just, it was just a fun. Everyone was just excited about the music. And there was even one point where after a solo, I'm holding a chord out, and the Jeff engineer, he's looking at me and says, dude, go to the speaker and create some feedback. And it was a total spur of the moment thing. And it's probably one of the, my favorite things, like, you know, even with all the solos and whatnot, it's just going up there and creating that feedback, and we're all super excited. You know, that's what I miss about, you know, recording and doing stuff in person. How was the connection with Troy Lakita? How did that happen? So I used to be signed to uh, player management. And uh, Tesla was about to record at Abbey Road. And they needed a rehearsal spot. They actually rehearsed at the playroom. And so my manager let me come in and listen to their rehearsal and that was just an incredible day and so I actually got to meet all of Tesla and hang out with them for like 10-12 hours it was it was pretty awesome and so our PR manager uh, Denny from Nashville he is brothers with Troy and we didn't know that at the time and even then when I met Troy I didn't know Denny uh, but Denny's been hooking us up with a lot of cool people in Nashville, and then he's also, he brought us to Troy like it was our first time meeting, and Troy was like, hey, I remember her, which is pretty cool, because he probably meets a lot of people, but for some reason, he remembered me, and yeah, just kind of taken off from there. That's pretty cool. I've had a pleasure of interviewing Frank Hannon. He's a, he's a great, great dude as well. Yes. So you, you have Troy helping you out. You have these songs. The new song that is 
that you sent me is called Pay Attention. And talk about what where, what was that process like? Where did that song come from? So Pay Attention is the first song that we've recorded with this new band, um, kind of this new generation of Abby K. And I wrote this song closing out 2020 because I was, I had just turned 18 and I was ready to make my own decisions uh, because as a minor and in a management deal, I didn't really get to make the decisions there. Of course, I was always factored into them and they always asked me for my opinion. But at the end of the day, my mom and dad were the ones that had to sign a contract or my, my former manager. And I think when I just turned 18, I felt so powerful. I felt like I'm ready to do this. Like this is, this is my career now. And I don't know. I just, I wrote the song pay attention because I was just ready and I needed everybody to pay attention to what's about to come. You know, you mentioned a couple times so far in this discussion about kind of like a rebirth, kind of like a, a redo of what you are doing. And how did you come to that conclusion? How did you come to that decision? So I think it's pretty much the same thing. I'm, you know, I'm able to make my own decisions now. This has kind of turned over to my career. Um, it's always been my career, but honestly, not really, because I wasn't the one that was able to sign all of these contracts and things like that. And then also my management deal expired. Um, a few weeks ago and so I just decided to start fresh and I'm doing this entire rebrand that's going to launch first week of April I'm not sure when this podcast is going to come out Um, but I mean new website new photo shoot pictures and a new single and a new music video when you talk about the, you know, the, the rebranding and all that, you know, and, and, and the empowerment you felt by turning 18, was there moments where you just felt like you weren't controlling the decisions or weren't doing things that you wanted to do, which led to this, you know, decision making? So I would say, well, okay, at the end of 2020, like November to December, I started to get so burnt out of music because over quarantine that's all I did and I think you know my my parents and my manager and um, the PR people they just they weren't gonna stop and I think I just got kind of like caught up in needing a break and I did end up taking a break in December um and that also kind of helped me refresh um but they weren't making decisions without my approval. It's just that I didn't want decisions to be made. I just needed a little bit of a break. And so I think now that this career is in my hands, when I need a break, I think I'm able to give that to myself. How did that affect your creative process too? You know, I mean, now that you know you are 100% steering the ship, How does that affect your creativity? So I called it my mental health month uh, all of December. I decided to take off that month, and I did not force myself to pick up a guitar and play and write songs, which is what I had been doing for the past six to eight months. And by the third day of that month off, I wanted 
to pick up an instrument and I wanted to practice and write songs. And then also, now that I'm kind of doing this on my own with the help of my band, I write every single day just because, I mean, it's up to me to make this work. And I don't know, I feel kind of empowered by that. Like, if I want to be a successful musician, it's up to me. And I'm so willing to put in the work. And now you have a band to, to you know, kind of build something with. Now you guys are all in different parts of the country. How did you guys come together? So we actually came together from Instagram. And I think that's another thing that's really been because of the pandemic. Um, everything is on social media now. And so, yeah, I met my band on Instagram. And then we started messaging. We started doing some, like, covers together. And then we were like, you know what? Join my band. Let's work on originals. And it kind of just took off from there. It's been uh, super great. You know? I've never worked with an artist that was as talented of a songwriter as Abby. And it's really refreshing. And Diego and Crispy, you know, when you guys are recording here, there in Nashville and, and you guys are writing, you know, how does that differ or what's the difference between before? I mean, you guys are all young and you guys are all developing and, and evolving as artists. Where or what, you know, what were your expectations going into these songs with Abby? I I think we just kind of wanted to write some good songs. <laughs> just plain and simple. We didn't, uh, I didn't have a full idea of how these songs would turn out or how, like, I didn't think we were going for any sort of heaviness or any genre in particular. It's just kind of what came out, what we were feeding off of each other's energy. And uh, I guess for me, going in, I didn't really have any expectations. I just kind of went in with the mentality of, okay, we, you know, we have these songs. What can I do to make this the best song possible? And honestly, I haven't had this much fun writing or recording any sort of music. What are your plans after these songs are recorded? What do you guys plan on doing? I mean, a lot of their, a lot of stuff is still unknown, obviously, but do you guys have a sense or an idea of the path that you guys want to go? So we, we're actually in Nashville right now, and we've decided that in the next, six to eight months, we're all going to move here and live together. So it'll be pretty easy for me. I'm only six hours away. Crispy's, I think, 13 hours away. But Diego's going to move across the country all the way to Nashville. And I think that is just going to skyrocket our career, being in the same room together all the time. Um, now, of course, we'll have our moments that we, we need space. But, I mean... When you're with your band all the time, you have an idea, you just get it done then. You don't have to say, okay, you have an idea. All right, let me get on American Airlines and get you a plane ticket to come here and work on that idea. Um, and I think that's going to be so beneficial to all of our careers. Yeah, I mean, that's a big decision, and that's an awesome decision because there's so many people now, not just in country. I think a lot of people mistake... Nashville as being a country town, a honky tonk town, which yeah, you know, of course it it is. But a lot of people that 
are in the rock scene live in Nashville. There's a lot of people who have studios. There's a lot of musicians that are hired guns that live down there because, for one, the cost of living is is much lower than L.A. or out you know in the in the upper east coast and also you're constantly around it it is called music city for a reason yes absolutely um and that's something that you know we've been in the studio all day but we've been going out onto broadway at night and yes most of them are these country commercial venues but there's also some of these like hidden gyms that are these like live music rock clubs and i think that's what we would probably be more focused on yeah coming down here i told my grandfather i was coming to nashville and he goes you got your cowboy boots ready and i had to explain to him that it's not all country and i was very pleasantly surprised and that's not to take away from country i absolutely love country but it's really rock and roll down here and i like that yeah, there's a lot of rock and roll down there. I mean, I, I can just think off the top of my head some of the bands that I've talked with, like the Dead Deads and Goodbye June. I know Butch Walker has a studio down there. So it, there's a lot of rock stuff going on in Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be awesome for you guys because, you know, there are is a lot of studios. You're going to be bumping shoulders with a lot of different people, and it, and it will cause some, in, you know, some inspiration. It will, it will matter most when, you know, when you're around music all the time and you're not separated and you're together and you're building something, it's, it's a great place to be. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, the three of us were best friends, even if we weren't in a band together. I feel like still eventually we'd end up living together just because we're best friends and we enjoy being around each other. And I think that's another thing that's really going to make this work. What went through the decision to do that? What, where did that come from? So before Diego was in Abby K, it was just Christy and I, and we had talked about moving to Los Angeles. And I mean, so expensive and honestly I don't feel like it's that necessary anymore I feel like especially after COVID we don't really know if LA is going to recover like it used to be we don't know if it's still going to be that same place and I feel like a lot of people are moving to Nashville and so we decided to look it up give it a try and we were when we came to Nashville we were planning on moving here in the next two to three years and then we got to Nashville and we actually went to um, the local, it's a venue here, and I was actually able to play a song. And I mean, Christy texted his mom, I texted my mom, and Diego texted his mom. We didn't even know that we were all doing this. We're moving to Nashville. And I think that's when we decided that Christy and I have to graduate college this semester. But after that, I mean, we want to move here, we want to be here. This is where we need to be. The infrastructure is definitely there. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, is interesting now with the music business is, you know, you don't have to be in L.A. You don't have to be in New York. There, I, I've been saying this over the last, you know, few episodes. There's never been a time in music when there's been this many new bands creating this much new music from so many different geographic locations. Um, the, mm-hmm. the scene is now global. And... When you're making music like you guys are, you want to be in the best place to do that. And in the States, it's hard to argue that Nashville isn't that place. Yeah. 
And I mean, we don't have to move to Nashville, but I just feel like it's not even that we're moving to Nashville. It's that we're going to be together. I think that's the most important thing. As far as, again, you know, once the move is done and you guys are settled in Nashville, where, you know, what do you see happening with the band? Is it just, you know, now that you've got new music and you've got new material coming out, you're in a place where you can play, you know, six, seven nights a week if you want. You can find places to play and kind of hone your craft and just get out there and practice and just keep playing and, and improve the band. Is that a goal or is that a plan or are there things bigger than that? Yeah, so, I mean, I assume all day, every day, we'll be working on music for, you know, actually releasing and then probably every night, even if we have to play some country music, we'll probably go out and play on Broadway just to, you know, tighten the music, even if it's not ideally what we want to play. I mean, we're not a country cover band, but I mean, if we can play any style of music, that only helps us out in the long run. And then I think we'll probably end up doing that until we're able to tour. Um, and I guess after we, we release our first album, the next thing to do is tour. It's just we have to wait for that go-ahead from the world. And obviously, we're you know, in being in the South, there are a lot of different regulations there than there are in other places of the country. You know, I've been aware of Bourbon House, who's been on the show too. They're from Wisconsin. They've been touring, and a lot of the places that they've been playing at have been southern states, Texas, Arkansas, southern part of the country that they're kind of doing a circuit right now through. And, you know, there might be pockets where you guys can play and might be able to, you know, get out and, and, you know, play the songs for the people. But obviously we still don't know what's going to happen. In terms of creativity, in terms of, you know, being together and living under the same roof, do you expect more music output from the three of you? Oh, most definitely. Um, I think, I mean, especially once we get this album done, I know, like, we probably should wait a little bit to release more music, but, I mean, we're going to have the next one already done by that time. Um, Don't know how long we should wait to release it, but, I mean, I just think we're going to have song after song done just because we can, and that's something that we want to do that we haven't been able to. You guys talked about the writing of these songs and what you guys were doing during the pandemic. Did you find that your creativity, obviously you you mentioned, you know, being burnt out a little bit, Abby, but did you find your creativity more of a struggle, more inspired? What was that like in terms of doing all this when reality outside in the world outside is basically falling apart? I actually think the pandemic was good for my songwriting um because I learned a technique in songwriting to be able to put myself in other shoes and not just write about experiences that I've had because the experiences kind of stopped happening and I think that's I mean that's pretty interesting for me actually like because you know it should have been me my first single that's something that I felt that's something that I went through and that's really all I was able to write about before the pandemic and then I guess it just kind of forced me to get myself out there think outside the box and 
just put myself in another person's shoes and live that experience without actually going through it. Did you find that your writing was more observational than it was about personal experiences, as you just mentioned? Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, I guess. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned, you know, I, I think back, I know I mentioned him prior in this conversation, but Frank Hannon said the same thing, that, you know, it was really difficult for him, at least in the beginning, to write music because when you're writing music, you're talking about your experiences most of the time or you're talking about observations. And based on the fact that everybody's sitting at home and most people are not doing anything, your experiences are, are not there. Your your observations of other people don't happen. So it's hard to fe- find that creative, you know, well that to tap into. Other people didn't have any difficulty doing that. I mean, it all depends on the person. But, yeah, I, I can imagine that, you know, even, even outside of writing lyrics, the tone of the music, the shapes and the colors that you, you know, that you live and breathe with the song – I imagine those had to be different too as well just because you know the the place everybody's in mentally is much different than prior to the pandemic. Yeah, and I would say even before I knew how to just put myself in other people's shoes and other people's perspectives um my songs were pretty much all about the same things because I was 17 at that point and I hadn't really lived a lot um, I didn't have a lot of life experiences to write about. So I think that's a really good skill that I've developed now that I can, you know, I can write about anything if I just think about it. And it's funny, um, you were saying that you kind of want to put yourself in other people's shoes when writing. For me, I kind of had the exact opposite because, you know, for a long time, it was just, you know, me and my family stuck in my house. When it came to writing, it was more just, I kind of figured it out myself a bit more because it's just me and my house alone. A lot of time to think. Over time, I started to kind of figure myself out a bit more. So when I wrote, it felt much more like me being myself instead of trying to, oh, what's trendy? What can I do that people will think it's cool? Like, no, what can I do that's genuinely me? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it really forced a lot of people to kind of rethink their process. Um, also, you know, try to find different avenues of inspiration. It really, it really was, obviously the, the whole thing was negative, right? And it still continues to be a negative because it stopped a lot of things that we're used to doing. But if there are some positives that came out of it, it's the yeah. ability, especially for you guys being, being so young that you guys have learned very quickly and at a young age, how to adapt to things that are out of your control. You know, which is going to definitely help you as you guys go on because, let's face it, you know, adapting in music, adapting in the music business is key to survival. You know, you need to keep adapting. You need to keep evolving. Not everybody's ACDC. Yeah. And I completely agree. That's, I think, one of the cool things a lot of us have, you know, learned during this time period where if you can't control everything, but the only thing you can control is what you do and how you react to the situations you're put in. And as you guys, you know, coming from New Jersey and L.A., what are you, you know, anticipating with the move? I mean, this is exciting for all three of you guys. I'm, I mean, I'm from New Jersey, it's Christy, and there's, I, yes, we're close to New York, but there's, 
comparatively speaking, not a ton of music. So I feel like when I come down here, it's just going to be much more inspiring. And it's kind of just feels like this is where I need to be. So I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to make it happen. And for me, coming from California, um, besides the music, uh, the cost of living in California it can, can get pretty you know, intense sometimes. So I think it'd be nice to get a change of pace, you know, not have to you know, break the bank. But also, you know, California also being a desert, it's been great seeing national and all these green trees and grass that we don't have in California. So it's just a, it's like a whole new world. You know, the thing, too, is about between L.A. and Nashville is, you know, I've been down to Nashville. I have I have friends and family that live in California, so I've been able to experience both. You know, L.A., although the music scene is there, and, and, and or I shouldn't say there, but a lot of music people live there, and there's a lot of studios. Yeah, it's great, but you're not, there's not like a place to go where you can walk up and down like Broadway and First Avenue where there's just club after club of live music. And it, it, it seems like in Nashville, even if you're there accidentally, it's you're surrounded constantly by music. And, you know, a lot of people have that misconception that it's all country, but it's really not. I mean, I every time I've gone there, I've, I've seen rock bands. There's, there's some really cool clubs there. There's some good theaters and and to see live music, it's a really cool place. And I think, though, the difference between Nashville and L.A. is you step out of your house and, like, you're in it, you know, no matter where you go. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. You know, walking through Nashville, it's crazy seeing all of these venues to have, you know, a new and upcoming artist. While in L.A., sometimes it feels like, you know, you have to already have been big in the past, or it doesn't feel as easy to break into, you know? But if you're in Nashville, it feels like, you know, you just come in, you come in with some great songs and a great attitude. You, you stand a good chance of making it. I feel like Nashville is very welcoming to new artists. I personally feel like Nashville is, and this is going to be an odd comparison, well, not an odd comparison, but I feel like Nashville is becoming what L.A. and the Sunset Strip was in the 80s. It's going to but less gross, obviously. But it's going to be, it's going to be really welcoming to, like Abby said, new artists. And I feel like it's going to be a great place for bands that are young to grow. I agree. I think L.A., you know, is is not just, you know, there's a lot of musicians there. But, you know, the, the fans of music, you know, are, are getting pulled in more different directions out in L.A. than they are in Nashville. Nashville is called Music City for a reason. And you know, there are people that go to music clubs in Nashville because they want to hear live music, even if it's not familiar to them, even if it's something different. People have the attitude there that, hey, you know, let's go check out this club, you know, and I've seen this band playing around or I've seen advertisements for this band playing around. I'm going to go check them out. They've never even heard a song, maybe, or maybe they never pulled them up on the Internet, but they're willing to go do that, where in L.A. it's more of a... I don't want to say pretentious type of atmosphere with the music fans that are out there, but, you know, if you don't have the name in L.A., typically people won't just go to a club just to see music like years past, where I think Nashville, like we talked about, Broadway, you know, you're, you're so many people on Broadway at one given time going in from club to club, hearing a couple songs here, hearing a couple songs there. If they like a band, they stick around and they want to hear more. It's a totally different atmosphere. Yeah, and the thing about Broadway is, I mean, all of these venues have, like, the, the windows and the doors open. So you just drive down Broadway, 
and you hear music flooding out into the streets from all different genres. What's really cool too is I've I've been able to experience big bands who are recording in Nashville going out to kind of work out their songs and work out their material and playing under different names in Nashville at one of those clubs and on Broadway. It's really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, Hey, I know you guys got to get going. I know you guys, you know, studio time is expensive. You guys can't be late. So I, I, uh, you know, with letting you guys go, I do appreciate you coming on and doing this interview, introducing Diego and crispy to the hook rocks audience. And uh, Abby, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely, guys. Anytime you guys want to come on and talk about what you guys are doing, you always have a welcome home here to do that. So thank you very much. Thank you. All right, everybody. That's Abby Kay. That's Diego. That's Crispy. Looking forward to their new music. This is Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Unity Podcast. Stay strong, stay healthy, stay safe, and we will talk again soon. Thank you. Tell me what changed since I saw you that night In such little time you were no longer mine How could I ever fall for you When I knew from the start that you couldn't be true It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.